Hello, mi gente. I want to give a quick disclaimer before we start the episode. This content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, counsel, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast contains discussions of true crimes, which may include graphic and disturbing details. Listening to this podcast may not be suitable for all audiences and listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guest. The information in this podcast is provided with the understanding that the host and guest are not engaged in rendering legal, medical, psychological, or other professional services. If professional assistance is required, the services of competent professionals should be sought. In no event will the host, guest, or any other parties involved in the production of this podcast be liable for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, or consequential damages arising out of the use of the information provided in this podcast. Got it? Good. Now let's get back to our episode. So they don't seem as appropriate now. I love you. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to the very, very first episode of Below the Standard Podcast, okay? A true crime podcast for all of you true crime fans. Um, I am really excited that you're here. If you uh, listened to the first episode, it didn't count, okay? It was just a background so it is what it is if you hear background noise it's because i'm in my kids room and there's a lot of stuff in here and i'm trying to keep quiet it's the middle of the night i'm recording while my family is asleep because that is the only time i can record because my baby is asleep so what better way to show my love for true crime than to launch a podcast on valentine's day and what better way to start this valentine's day than to share a case that took place on valentine's day okay i'm really excited for this first case i hope you enjoy it this is the case of dr john hamilton along his wife susan hamilton okay now picture picture yourself it's valentine's day 2001 i don't know where you were i don't know how old you were but i know that i uh, was 11 years old 11 years old in 2001 so i'm probably watching lizzie mcguire i'm probably um wearing bell bottoms butterfly clips and glitter lip gloss or glitter smackers it's valentine's day 2001 and susan hamilton apparently has a busy day ahead of her her husband dr john hamilton um he was an obstetrician and Susan actually ran his medical practice, okay? Now, Dr. Hamilton had been performing surgery all morning. Once he was done, he went home to gift his wife flowers for Valentine's Day. Once he was there, he found his back door wide open. He went upstairs and found Susan on the bathroom floor unconscious he did try to perform CPR, but it was too late. He did call 911, and in the 911 call, you can hear him say that his wife is bleeding all over the place. 
he is also heard at this point he's also heard on the 911 call saying that he's trying to give his wife cpr and that he has to hang up because he has to continue to try to give his wife cpr when responders so when responders get there you know he's clearly in distraught and he's covered in blood and at this point police believe that it was a burglary gone wrong or that maybe it was a targeted hit and i will tell you why so dr john hamilton who i already stated he was an obstetrician he also performed abortions now in oklahoma city that was super frowned upon okay and and dr hamilton and susan had actually been targeted in the past by anti-abortion protesters the protesters had even gone as far as to make wanted for murder posters with dr hamilton's face on them and according to people in the community dr hamilton and susan were unapologetic about performing these procedures they didn't care what people said about them they didn't care about the protesters so at this point in the investigation dr hamilton is taken to the police station and there is a police video of dr hamilton and honestly he looks like he's losing his shit and some people say that he's doing too much but honestly as for me i don't like to judge people in those situations because you just never know how someone might act you know it's just i don't know it's just a tough call for me i just really don't i never know how people are going to act in those kind of situations they must be stressed there's grief there's so much at play here so I don't like to comment on you know police investigations but people say he's acting weird so investigators turn to susan's autopsy for more answers at this point and what the autopsy revealed was that susan had been strangled with neckties and her death was caused by repeated blows to her head by a blunt object okay so the medical examiner stated that it had to be a weapon that was in the home like something that he could have i don't want to say he something that the perpetrator could have grabbed immediately like right then and there okay so at this time investigators are learning about an anti-abortion group that had planned a protest outside of the hamilton's home and they also learned that the protesters obtained a permit to protest outside of the hamilton's home a month before the murder so they're thinking this has to be an anti-abortion you know uh protests gone wrong they're that's what they're thinking at the time they don't they don't have anything else to go on at this at this moment so now this is definitely you know a lead however the crime scene had an interesting piece of evidence that may set this case in a different direction on the kitchen counter they found the valentine day cards that they gave to each other dr hamilton and susan gave each other valentine's day cards the card that dr hamilton gave to susan read we are important loving caring people together my life would be incomplete without you now the card that susan gave her husband said obviously i bought this card before last monday and as investigators kept reading it said i bought this card two weeks ago so i guess they don't seem as appropriate now but i do love you 
And if you're asking yourself, well, what the hell happened two weeks ago? Investigators were wondering the same thing. So they go back to ask Dr. Hamilton. And he says that, you know, they just, they fought about money and there was no big deal. But accusations were made that he was having an affair with a topless dancer. Susan actually went through his phone and called this woman over 60 times. Of course, Dr. Hamilton denied having an affair, but Susan didn't believe him because she even went as far as to stay with a friend because of it. Now, investigators did talk to the woman and she did tell investigators that she thinks he was working up the courage to ask her out, but he never did. So now Dr. Hamilton is becoming the main suspect at this point, and he's also being scrutinized because of his police interview and his 911 call. And I guess the media just felt like his 911 call was cold and like there was really no emotion behind the call. And this, at this point, police are saying something just isn't adding up and doesn't look right. However, Dr. Hamilton has an alibi. He was performing surgeries all morning with many witnesses so it can't be him so at this point in the investigation investigators turn to forensics so just like i stated in the beginning dr hamilton was covered in susan's blood when emergency responders had arrived to the home which is not surprising because he did try and perform cpr and had cradled her according to crime scene expert ross gardner He found a spatter on the front of Dr. Hamilton's shirt and on both of his sleeves and on his cuffs. Oh, and on his shoes. The blood spatter on his shoes were suspicious because of the angle of the spatter. So the way the expert explained it, the only way to get the spatter on the shoes like that was if someone had taken Susan's head and dropped it and then the blood would splatter on his shoes in that angle which didn't happen and the only way to get the blood inside the cuff at that angle was if the blood traveled at a certain speed to get in there so basically what they're saying is he would have had to be hitting her for that blood to splatter in that angle the way it did up his sleeve. They did perform luminal tests on the inside of Dr. Hamilton's car and they found traces of Susan's blood on the steering wheel, the driver's seat, along with hair and tissue on the floor of the driver's side. Now, if he had driven there after you know, his surgery and gone straight upstairs. Why would there be blood inside his car? I I don't know why other than, you know, he did it and got back in his car. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's sounding super suspicious. Um, the investigators also found the murder weapon in the car. I guess the maid had reported that a marble statue was missing from the home and apparently this is what was recovered from the car, the the marble statue. And so it's not looking good for Dr. Hamilton at this point and investigators then come back with looking through communication records and they find that Dr. Hamilton was not 
at the hospital in between his two surgeries. He started, so he completed one surgery um, and he started receiving pages to get to the hospital ASAP because his patient had already been put under anesthesia and people at the hospital, I read an article that said people at the hospital were saying like, hey, a doctor not in the surgery room while the anesthesia is already, you know, on and popping is unheard of. And so it looks suspicious that they had to reach out to him to be like, you need to get here ASAP. What was he doing? Where was he? So investigators are starting to think that this is um, more of an opportunity to say that he was committing this murder and trying to get back to the hospital. So at the trial, the expert, the defense hired to explain the blood spatter ends up agreeing with the state's expert. So the guy that they hire to say, to defend him, right, and to say, that's not what happened. That's not how the blood spatter happened. Couldn't say that. He couldn't say that because he agreed completely with the state. Um, <laughs> I mean, that obviously that sucks. And for him, right, that sucks for Dr. Hamilton. Um, he actually did say that after looking at all the, at all the evidence, he knows that Dr. John Hamilton committed this murder. <laughs> so here's the thing. In conclusion, Dr. John Hamilton was found guilty of his wife's murder. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Uh, I don't know about you, but I just, I'm feeling like, yeah, I'm feeling like he did it. I'm feeling like there's a lot of evidence against him, but you know what? Again, I am not I'm not a detective, I'm not a murder investigator or anything like that. But all this information that we have here, I can tell you that he fell below the standard. <laughs> but I don't know, guys. I don't know. Do you think that Dr. John Hamilton murdered his wife, Susan Hamilton? Do you think, I think everything that it comes down to here is also, um, a timeline. Did he have enough time in between surgeries to commit this crime and get back to the hospital? And if he did, did he get to the hospital with blood all over him? Like, I guess I don't understand that part. I, I don't get that part. Did he get to the hospital with like that clothes? Did he not change? I have a lot, actually do have a lot of questions, um, about this being mainly because of the clothes, because I feel like you don't think that he would get to the hospital and like people would notice that his clothes was like drenched in blood and then did he perform surgery in that and i don't know i don't know I have i have some questions i have some questions about this let me know um what you guys think let me know if you guys have questions let me know your thoughts i want to be able to start a conversation with this that's that's my episode that's my that's my first episode of Dr. John Hamilton and the Valentine's Day murder that he committed on his wife. But let me know what you think on my Instagram at below the standard pod. I realized that on the first episode, I actually said below the pod and it's not below the pod. It is below the standard pod. <laughs> Please remember to share this episode with a friend who loves true crime. 
please remember to share your thoughts with me. Um, and thank you so much for tuning in to my very first episode. I will see you guys next week. Please remember to drink your wine, listen to true crime, and have a really good fucking time. I am your host, Claudia de Leon. Again, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you guys next week.